Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Hey there. Enjoying the episode? Pretty good, right? Before we get back to it, how about a quick break to share your thoughts and win big. You could bag yourself a €500 one-for-all voucher. Ready to enter? Head to mypodcastfeedback.com, pop in the code TECH, and fill out the short survey. Tune across right now? No problem. You can also find the survey link in the show notes. Go on, make your opinion heard, and good luck. This is an Irish independent podcast. I'm Adrian Weckler, and you're listening to The Big Tech Show. Now, in a few minutes, we'll look at just what is happening with Elon Musk and Twitter. Is he actually buying it or not? But first, I'm joined, as always, by producer Tabitha Monaghan, who's wondering today whether she's going to have to throw out all of her existing charging cables. (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) Do you have an iPhone? I do have an iPhone. And that means under the EU's new one charger for all law that you are going to have to make a few decisions in a couple of years. What does that mean? Does it mean that I like, will I be able to charge my phone in a few years? So what's the, what is the change? So as you will have been seeing in the news, the EU has a new law which mandates one charging cable and one charging standard for every portable gadget. That includes your smartphones, your tablets, your e-readers, headphones, uh, digital cameras, video game consoles, all of that kind of stuff. The idea is to try and get rid of our drawers full of random cables. Is that actually why they want to do it? They know that we have that random drawer that's hidden away. We don't really open, but that is just an absolute disaster full of cables that are all knotted together. That is what the EU decided that they needed to do for us. They actually decided to do it about 10 years ago, but they couldn't get their act together to do it before now. In fact, they introduced a stepstone law a few years back which some foolish MEPs uh, declared as being the one charger, one cable law. But actually, it was only a safety charging standard for the plugs. It had nothing to do with the bit of the cable that actually goes into your phone or your laptop or your speaker. And actually, and if you forgive me here, like the number of cables that we have is kind of dizzying. It is dizzying. Yeah, it's not just. The, the lightning cable that we have for iPhone or USB-C, which is the modern one, that's going to be the king of all cables, the cable to finish all cables. But do you remember those those other cables that we still use for things like ghetto blasters and spe- speakers? You know those, yeah. uh, they call them figure eight power leads. They're kind of rubbery with two little holes yes. at the end. They, yeah, they're still around. Um, yeah. We still have our, our old micro USB uh, uh, c- uh, cables for... When you go down the center aisle in Lidl or Aldi and you buy a cheapo gadget there, usually they're powered with that kind of a lead. 
You know? But like I already said earlier on, I think almost everybody has a drawer or even just some some part of a drawer that they just store a load of cables because you keep them just in case, don't you? You're like, mm. oh, I never know when I might need this again. And there's always that random one that eventually you will need. And you're like, God, I wish I didn't throw that really crap cable away. So you just store them, you keep them there. And then you never want to touch it. It's like the drawer, the dumping drawer. Yeah, the worst ones are the 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 kind of the old tablet or the old laptop charging cables. And they're the yeah. little roundy ones. And there seems to be about 19 yeah. different minute <laughs> variations of that roundy port. And, and it doesn't exactly fit the one yeah. uh, that you want. But one of the other things that is interesting about this and that people haven't really discussed, you're going to actually have to throw out a lot of your existing charging plugs. It's not just the cables. Because... Oh. This new EU law, it's not just the format of the USB-C connection that goes into your gadget. It's not just that. It's also a charging standard. In other words, it has to be a minimum charging standard. They call it power development PD. It works with laptops at the moment. But the upshot of it is that cheapo plug, the tiny one that you used to plug your lead into to, uh, into your gadget. You know, we all have a few of those knocking around. They won't work. And I wanted to ask, where does it leave Apple in all of this? Because I think as well, we mentioned this when you were at the launch in California. They didn't use it as an opportunity to change their charging ports. Mm. Are they being forced into it now? They kind of are being forced into it. Now, what Apple will say is that that transition was happening anyway. So if you try and buy an iPad now, most new iPads have USB-C as the standard. Pretty much all MacBooks now can be charged via USB-C. Uh, it's only really iPhones and AirPods that still use the lightning uh, connection cable that's familiar to uh, iPhone users. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, Apple is by law in the EU, which means the world, by the way, in case we have any Brexit listeners who are thinking, oh, not not here in the UK. No, no, they're not going to make a special uh, iPhone with uh, a lightning oh, yeah. uh, connection. Uh, just for, for you guys. So um, they have until the end of 2024 to introduce that. Now, I think the next iPhone, the iPhone 15 next September, will have a USB-C port. It'd port. have to be, wouldn't it? It would have to. Yeah, well, they have until the iPhone 16 to do it in September 2024, technically. Although there is a loophole in the law which says that if the product you are selling or launching first went on sale before the end of 2024, you can still use that old charging system and you can still sell the accessories uh, for that. So, for example, if Apple decided to hold it until the very, very last minute, let's say, you know, September 2024, that iPhone, if it was still a lightning uh, iPhone, they could still sell that for a year, two, three years after that with that connection. So it's going to be about five or six or seven years until all of the old cables are phased out. Here's a question for you, though, because we, when a new iPhone comes out or something like that changes, we're always saying, asking you, should people hold off? If you're on the cusp of deciding you might mm. want to get a new iPhone, for example, should people hold off until the next launch, until the new charging port comes in and just wait? I would say to that, not for that reason alone. Okay. However, uh, we've discussed the iPhone 14 and 14 uh, Pro and the iPhone 14 Plus, which I have just reviewed this week, which is the standard iPhone with the big stretched screen on it. The, there are reasons for holding off this generation of iPhone, this year's iPhones, 
which have nothing to do with the uh, charging standard or the connections. Um, I've gone through those reasons in a nutshell. It's because there aren't really enough upgrades this year to justify certainly going from a 13 to a 14, maybe an 11. Um, but certainly if you want to standardize your your charging stuff, yeah, you will be better off waiting until next year. I would say it is going to be next year when uh, uh, the iPhone will have the, the USB uh, C standard, but on when that happens, you will have to throw out all of your old lightning cables. By the way, that's half the country. iPhones are fifty yeah, percent yeah. of the Irish market. So one of the reasons that this is being brought in by the EU is to curb e-waste. So we won't have as many different you know chargers and cables floating around. Actually, initially, it's going to result in a huge amount of e-waste because that's what I was thinking to, again. Going mm-hmm. back to that drawer, just dumping it all. You're going to have to dump it all. And, uh, you know, so the, the EU think, thinks that it might save, I think, something in the order of about 200 um, million in uh, in e-waste. But initially, there's going to be dump loads of old lightning stuff. So there's always swings and roundabouts. Is there any other criticisms of this new law? Like I know, again, with we're going back to Apple, they were saying it's going to prevent innovation or something. I mean... Mm. I, I don't know about that. What do you think about that, for one? But also, is there other reasons that people are a bit critical of it? Yeah, the the innovation argument is an interesting one and you can't dismiss it out of hand. So what Apple and other companies are saying is, look, we hear you on the drawers full of cables. But on the other hand, don't forget, we developed these uh, cable standards and charging standards largely to try and advance what you could do with these products and gadgets and also so we could ring fence it and you'd have to buy our accessories. Mm-hmm. But there is a legitimate um, power advancement thing there as well. And what they're saying is essentially, look, if you want to tell us, if you want to lock us in to one type of cable, that's fine. But if you had done that five or six years ago, we'd all be on micro USB. If you had done it uh, five years before that, we'd be on the old USB-A. What they're saying is right. it's a bit dangerous to you know, design and enforce a power cable standard by political committee. And they're worried that there won't be enough flexibility there in future to change it. That does sound a bit fair enough. Like I think it is a very fair argument. Now, what people who would back the EU law would say, well, no, look, there's a lot of scope within this standard that we've agreed. The USB 4 is a new standard and that will probably use the same physical shape of connection that we have in USB-C. So the cable that's being settled on now in the EU will probably last for, you know, years and years. But even if that's the case, and what if what if a fantastic new wireless standard uh, comes along? What if some other wired standard comes along? Will you still have to provide uh, this USB-C uh, port? So it's a valid criticism, but I think for the moment, probably most people would just be relieved that we're, we're officially down to one cable. And finally, is there any exceptions? You said there was a list that you had at the beginning of what is being impacted. I mean, is there, I assume there's bigger tech that isn't going to be impacted by this. Yeah, this is for portable gadgets. So it's things that you typically recharge and go with, like a phone or your headphones or an e-reader or even a portable game console. It doesn't apply to big stationary objects like big tellies or kettles or home PCs. It also doesn't apply to tiny gadgets like, uh, say, a smartwatch, for example, because there isn't actually physically enough room on the Fitbit to fit the cable in uh, to charge. So 
those gadgets will still be allowed to use their own uh, proprietary charging uh, situations, usually a little wireless disc or something like that. It will apply to earbuds, though. So it will apply to AirPods. It will apply to Galaxy Buds. So um, if it's stationary in your home, you know, a washing machine, it's not going to apply to that. Um, If it is a portable gadget that you typically use out and about, it will apply to it. Okay, well, that's enough cable chat for now. Now, Elon Musk... Is he or isn't he buying Twitter? This week, he said that he would, in fact, go through with the sale at the agreed price of $44 billion. But does he mean it? Damien Mully is founder of Mully Communications in Cork. Damien, does it look like he's going to buy Twitter after all? It's like putting the left foot in, the left foot out. Um, I, I think he's definitely getting there. He's, he's progressed much further now in the past week than he has in the past couple of months. Mm. Um, but that's, I think, because there's a big court case looming and um, it doesn't look good for him if he does go to court. OK, so a quick reminder of what the timeline was here. First, he said he wanted to buy it earlier this spring. And then when tech stock talks, stocks tanked, he tried to back out, claiming that there was this huge influx of bots that were undeclared when he originally struck the deal. And now he says he is actually going to buy it at the full agreed price. Any guesses as to why he's decided to do that now? Um, when the, the legal agreement came out, when people were able to see it, when this court case started, it showed that, that despite all his legal advice, he was just saying, go ahead, go ahead, sign everything. So no matter what, I have to go ahead. So he already had to kind of cocked the trigger there. Um, I think there's that. And then in the past couple of days, when he was having a, an online beef with the president of Ukraine as well, and polls weren't going his way, he's he's someone that will just make a decision and tweet about it. And his whole team then afterwards are going, OK, so we're, we're doing this now. Mm. So he's very action oriented. So I think probably the court case is looming and his frustrations and embarrassment on Twitter probably made him decide, I'm going to go ahead. Mm, it, which is an expensive, a $15 billion uh, cover your ass exercise. It, from all of the legal analysis that I read about the case, he didn't look like he was really going to win it, did he? No, um, because the documents and that, that were like brought out because of the court case showed that everything that was recommended to him to save him in case he backed out, he didn't want to go for. And I think there was like emails back and forth where he's just saying, press the button, press the button. Mm. Um, and the, the, this trans, tranche of text that came out as well, back and forth between other people, he's just surrounded by yes men as well. So there didn't seem to be anyone saying, hang on a second. Now. Yeah. Like, Considered so, it. Some of those texts and exchanges were a little bit cringy. So this is the the absolute volley of communications that came out as part of the deposition uh, in this case between Twitter and Elon Musk, and some of it between himself and investors like Jason Calacanis or uh, Benioff. Um, I I wonder. Not only did he think he may not win the case, but I wonder was he potentially. Uh, hedging against more embarrassing stuff coming out in cross-examination. Yeah, um, the, I think the judge ruled that there was obvious signal, so the signal messaging app, there was communications on signal that he had deleted 
and they were gone. But him being dragged into court, I wouldn't think he'd be very good under cross-examination. And he, again, he seems someone that will just fly off like if mm. he's something is put to him. So I wouldn't think he'd be his own best witness. And yeah, every legal expert has come out and said he'd get owned in court. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because I'm going to be in Delaware later this month, completely coincidentally on this 50 states before 50 thing that I'm doing. And Delaware is one of the uh, final states I have to do. And coincidentally, I was going to be there for the trial. So part of me is hoping that it still goes ahead. But there have been some significant fear raised as to what happens if he takes over. Now, he does have his cheerleaders as well, but there there have been concerns as to what he might do or what he mightn't do if he takes over Twitter. What broadly are those concerns? He's a big cheerleader for free speech, no matter what. And like one of the first things he said when he was going to take Twitter over was reinstate Donald Trump, mm. who has been um, a very chaotic influence on Twitter and, I guess, online discourse in total. And yeah, he's, he seems to be against censoring people on Twitter and allowing people to, to say what they want, which is not good. It, like, it can be a very toxic place. And to turn all this t- stuff down, tone it down, as in like the, all the, the checks and balances, or to just remove them completely, can make... Twitter, quite a dangerous place, a very Mm. very toxic place, like some of these online forums that are just driving like massive traffic around hate and everything else. Yeah, I mean, and like censorship is the word that a lot of the Republicans who uh, seem to back Musk at the moment, it's funny the way that culture war has evolved, but censorship is the word they use. Content moderation is the term we use over here in Europe, and we now have quite tough laws, uh, the Digital Services Act, which are tightening what you can and can't say and do on platforms like Twitter for many of the reasons that you um, outlined there. Um, It it might be a tough job, won't it, for Twitter's Dublin office, which is 500 people, much of whose activity is focused on that content moderation thing in the context of of EU law. might be tough for them if Elon takes over, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, And... I guess with Twitter, they've they've got their base here in terms of moving revenue back and forth as well. And just like GDPR has had a massive worldwide influence on in all tech companies, and we can see all the fines against Meta in, in the past and having to change our products as a result of that. Mm. If this EU law comes in, then it's going to seriously impact whether Musk wants to liberalize content moderation on Twitter. And so then you'd have to ask, would they have to move Twitter out of Ireland or out of EU? Uh, mm. uh, like, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. So because if 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 Musk by design is not going to comply with EU law and content moderation, um, then maybe his libertarian idea, if that's what it is, would only be possible if he takes it right back to the US. Yes, and, and and then as a result of that, the revenues will be impacted because our, obviously Ireland is a much better location. You get a much better deal on taxes than, than pretty much anywhere in the United States or anywhere else in the world. Mm. So by moving all that around, that just creates massive disruption. So if he takes it over, I think he's going to be a chaotic force. But 
he gets distracted very easily and he might move on to something else and he always seems to do that um and he might leave some smart people in charge and twitter has had an issue in that they've been in a holding pattern really for the past 10 years and they do need new blood and new ideas mm. and it's an amazing platform that could easily have a billion users and it just hasn't grown mm. so you, you do need and almost the miracles that he's done with spacex um like putting rockets into space and then just bring them back down and getting to land in the sea on a platform. If you get some of these smart people to do something like that with Twitter, then it could actually have a, a great potential and great future revenue as well. Yeah. I mean, because uh, uh, quite aside from the fears of what might happen if he takes over, there's also the practical question of, well, what does Twitter look like in two or three years with Elon Musk uh, at the helm? I mean, do you think we should expect to see any significant changes happen to the service itself? I mean, might he get rid of ads? Might he just give everybody a check mark? I mean, you know, an edit button, for example. What do you think we might expect? Um, I think he's backers. So the financial backers of this mega deal are going to be putting pressure on straight away. So I think he's going to be under pressure to, to do something around ad revenue. I think he will bring in the edit button. Everyone wants the, the edit button. Um, do you think? And I think I, I, do you know what? I'm one of the holdouts. I, I'm not, oh, I I'm don't like that idea at all. I, I don't want like the edit, edit button. button. Um, I, think but, it, I think it's a charter to rewrite all sorts of stuff that shouldn't be oh, rewritten. Absolutely. And then some screenshots and you're saying, no, nope, look, check my live tweet. I never said that. And you're photoshopping and so on. Yeah. So, no, it, it's much better. Yeah. Now so, there is there is another side to, to to that argument. We won't rehash the whole thing here, but it's 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 a controversial one. But it, but it but, but he seems to be in favour of it. Absolutely, and it'll be his easiest win. Like mm. he comes in in day one, and he can say right, like enable the the, the editing of tweets, and that should be a simple enough change to do. Mm. And all his fans and so many people around the world go, oh my god, such a positive change in Twitter already. Mm. And that might be his only like big change in Twitter in, in the next couple of months as he actually figures out mm. um, what an interesting company he's actually after acquiring and what a lot of work needs to be done. So, um, but yeah, I, I'd say the edit button, um, when he, if he takes over, will probably be the first thing he does. Yeah, yeah. It, we should note uh, as well, by the way, that although it does look like he is going to complete the deal because he has said he will do so and he has sent legal documentation to that effect the court itself in delaware says that it has not been made aware uh, of an agreement between the parties yet and as far as it is concerned the trial is still on so this could still be part of an elon musk bluff negotiation tactic it's not quite home yet i mean is that fair enough for, for me to say yeah um the, the 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 court has the power here the the, the court is saying you haven't told us like a, a, mm. a tweet or contacting Twitter directly or letting know, letting the SEC know that's still not going to stop the court case. So, yeah, the, the judge here has absolute power when it comes to this. And yeah, the saga is going like it's almost going like the fifth season of a, a series that should have ended in season three. We're <laughs> still not there. 
well, look, at the very least, I might get to, to take my uh, wide angle selfie with Elon Musk in the background uh, on the steps when I'm over in Delaware uh, later this yeah. month. So uh, let, let's hope, fingers crossed. Damien Molly, founder of Molly Communications in Cork. Thank you very much for joining Thanks, the podcast today. Thanks also to Tabitha Monan and to Gav Hennessy, who was on sound. And from me, Adrian Weckler, the host of the award-winning Big Tech Show. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you same time next week. Bye-bye.